Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Mm-hmm. Hey Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 174 brought to you by show sponsor betonline.ag. Please use code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag and you'll get a sweet sign-up bonus. Um, hello YouTube viewers. Um, I, we have a, I have a special guest today, a good friend of mine from the great uh, country of Canada to the north. And um, Got a, uh, a bunch of things that we're going to talk about. Some uh, some real life issues and some hockey issues that were, you know, just get to, to kind of deflect a little bit on uh, on what's going on in the world today. To try to, you know, get a little bit of positivity in a, in a world that's kind of been drugged down with um, with just this terrible terrible virus. Um, but before I bring on my uh, my guest, I'd like to talk to you about uh, show sponsor BetOnline.ag. Uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, uh, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. 
Our exclusive partner, betonline.ag, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to uh, poker and blackjack. Let BetOnline bring the Vegas action to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline.ag has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day, all online. Visit the website and use your mobile device to join today to receive a sweet welcome bonus. And please don't forget to use promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50. Bet online, your online wagering solution. So, like I said before, when we first started, um, I do have a, a very special guest. He's a good friend of mine from the great uh, country of Canada, but he's also a Rogers TV New Brunswick color analyst, covering the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Uh, he's a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League scout and writer. You can follow him on Twitter at eags37. That's eags37. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, Mr. Craig Eagles. What's up, Craig? Uh, Mark, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited uh, to uh, be back on the on the show with you. It's uh, you're doing amazing things uh, down there, and uh, really excited to join you tonight. Awesome, thank you very much for the kind words, sir. And so are you. Um, um, I in this uh, agenda, uh, we have a, I have a couple like three or four questions I'd like to ask uh, you to get my listeners more familiar with what you do and so on. So, and uh, there's a ton of stuff in here that I, I, I added, uh, especially listening to you, the, uh, the uh, podcast last night with you and Steve. So I kind of incorporated a little bit of that, trying to plug that stuff too, try to get you some more listeners, my friend. Well, thanks Mark. I really appreciate all the support from, from, from you and uh, all of your followers. It's uh, been a tremendous um, gift to have uh, to talk Bruins and to have so many people, uh, you know, from that region uh, follow me. So I, I really appreciate it. No problem at all. You do great work, and you definitely deserve the uh, the accolades, <laughs> no doubt. Um, the first one is just it's real life issues. You know, we're we're going through a speed bump right now, and and everything's paused, everything's locked down. Um, I'm an essential employee, so I still have to go to work every every day, but. Um, Craig, how are you and your family doing during this world pause? And what are you and the Eagles clan doing to stay active these days? Well, uh, thanks so much for, for asking that question, Mark. Uh, right now, um, hockey doesn't seem like it matters uh, very much. And, um, you know, the season came to an end, uh, the CHL season, of course. And uh, both my wife and I teach uh, high school here locally. Um, so it's been... New Brunswick, uh, the government here, and, and really across Canada have, have done a, a tremendous job in trying to get ahead of everything by closing school and, and uh, all major uh, businesses, all the essential businesses are still open. And it's, you know, it's scary times. Um, you know, my, my mother's long retired uh, from her first career, um, but she's out helping the elderly right now. So she has uh, several clients uh, a week and, um, you know, I, I'm really concerned and uh, my oldest is seven, my youngest or our oldest is seven and our youngest is five. So it's great to spend so much time with them. Um, but it's, uh, it, it definitely nerve wracking and it's not knowing or, um, but 
you know, I'm wishing everyone and all those frontline and essential workers all the best. They're doing amazing, um, you know, work. You know, just the other night, Mark, um, we were stopped at, at the grocery store. So I went out after, uh, after bedtime um, and I waited an hour and 25 minutes to pick up some groceries. Um, but that doesn't really matter, you know, and there's probably 10 cars ahead of me and, and six behind me. Uh, and people coming out from the uh, the grocery store as well. So, you know, all those gro- grocery employees and truckers and all those essential workers, and we're not we haven't even touched on the, on the healthcare uh, yeah. sector. So, it's they're the real heroes in in all of this. And unfortunately, I think in sport we talk about heroes and and those people. They put on a uniform every day and they're the heroes in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Shout out to, to your mom for, for going in and doing all that stuff uh, with the elderly and, uh, and all the medical professionals out there. And even, even the volunteers that are, that are going in and out of uh, in the harm's way um, to make this better and, uh, and try to get this, uh, you know, over with faster because it's, it's, it's just, it's tough. It's, it's not an easy thing to do um, to sit in the house all the time and, and you know, hunker down and, and let this try to pass and, and do it safely. So, um, but, you know, I kind of wanted to have you wanted to, to talk a little bit of hockey, kind of just deflect a little bit of this and that because you do have a, a boatload of knowledge. I've known you for several years now and I can't believe your youngest is five now. <laughs> That's tell crazy. Me, tell me about it. <laughs> she's <laughs> but, gonna uh, turn. She's gonna turn five in a few days. So oh. we've. Uh, my wife has done a tremendous job getting everything ready for her birthday. So excellent. Uh, yeah. So thanks. Uh, give the the little one a shout out birthday for me when it when it when the time comes. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So for the, for the list, the new listeners who might not know about um, how you became a Boston Bruins fan, please take a minute to mention when and who might have influenced your passion for the black and gold? Well, believe it or not, I was an Oilers fan growing up. Uh, a lot of kids here in Canada, obviously were following Gretzky. So, um, you know, I was a big Oilers fan and uh, my brother was always a Bruins fan. So really my brother, you know, I've looked up to, to him for uh, all my life and, and he's been a, a real idol um, and a hero of mine. So re- really it was, you know, I've always appreciated the game and uh, followed 99 wherever he, he kind of went. But I didn't really, really have a favorite team. It was kind of wherever kind of Gretzky went um, as a kid, you know, I followed. And um, believe it or not, it was, um, you know, I didn't even get into the memorabilia collecting. My brother did. We collected sports cards and stuff like that. And I always appreciated, um, you know, Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito and, but it was a long, long time ago, actually, um, seeing Paul Coffey playing Carolina. We went to, to Carolina uh, for a golf trip on March break, and they, were, they just so happened to be playing the Bruins. And uh, obviously, I had a lot of respect for Ray Bork. And, um, but yeah, I kind of, um, it's kind of neat how I turned to the, uh, the Bruins. So, um, but yeah, my brother played a, a massive role in, in my fandom. So I, I try to stay as neutral as I can, um, but it doesn't look that way. No, it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> uh, so when, 
when I, when I first started collecting, um, you know, I tried to collect all the hall of famers and I really tried to collect all the Norris trophy winners. Um, but my brother's like, you have to really kind of narrow your focus. Um, so that's, that's another aspect of, of all of this, but you know, I, I've been following the Bruins now for, uh, it's going on close to, uh, it'd have to be close to 15 years. So, um, it's, uh, it's been a, a great thrill and, um, you know, to get to know some of them as well, um, and, and follow them. It, it's, uh, throughout their journey. It's pretty incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, besides being a Rogers TV media member, a hockey scout in New Brunswick, Canada, a school teacher and a writer, please tell the listeners about the quick shift podcast that you do <laughs> with fellow host Steve Laszlo on the, uh, first down sports podcast network, because, uh, I listen to it once in a while. I can't, I, sometimes it's on the Facebook. I'm not on Facebook a lot anymore because I spend a lot of my time on Twitter. Yeah. But when I do happen to have one of these screens on Facebook and I happen to click on like last night, I, uh, I, I do watch and I enjoy it. So uh, keep up the good work. But uh, please talk about it, how it started, where folks can find you. Yeah. So um, thanks so much for, for the, uh, the show, Mark. I appreciate that. Really, the Quick Shift podcast just kind of started. Um, we we're up uh, in the in the northern part of the province, and uh, Steve lives up there uh, with uh, my wife's best friend. So uh, they went to high, uh, high school together and played high school hockey as well uh, together. So um, I, I first met Steve in uh, in 2012, I think. Um, so we were like, uh, oh yeah, we're finally getting to meet. Um, you know, our, our, our friends, boyfriends. So anyway, picked them up at the airport and he started, you know, he, he knew what I was a hockey guy and he's obviously a hockey guy. So we just started to, to talk and talk Bruins. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know uh, pretty good friends and played with uh, Dan Pye or played against Dan Pye. And I'm like, where are you from? He's like, well, in Ontario. And he's like, now he didn't. And here's the thing about Steve. He's very private. He's a, very quiet guy. You wouldn't say that and see that on the podcast because he's so outgoing and, um, but he really is. And, and he doesn't necessarily like to talk about his, his playing career, but it's pretty extensive. So um, he actually played and he'll probably hate me for saying this, but he was uh, teammates with, with Nathan Horton. Nice. So Horton played junior B um, before going into the OHL draft. So, Horton played at 15 in junior. Now, back then, they had the full face mask. And um, Steve didn't make the team the year before and uh, basically fought Horton, believe it or not, in training camp. So, anyway, we, we just sat around the, the, uh, the kitchen table that first, first time, you know, having a few beer, talking hockey. And, you know, our friendship kind of, you know, just blossomed and, you know, a few years ago, I wrote a, a little blog about him and his journey in the game. And, um, and it just, it just started, uh, about a year and a half ago, we said, you know, let's, and he, he had a little radio show. He's a teacher as well. Uh, he taught up in Northern part of Canada. He had a little radio show, talk show, sports show, um, up there. So in Dawson. So he's like, well, Craig, I have all the equipment. I'm like, you do. 
And he's like, yeah. So there he is. We go downstairs and he's digging through, like rooting through boxes. And he's like, and it, my eyes are just open. Like I said, do you know how to do this? And he's like, yeah. And then he pulls out the, I, we call him the master mixer because he makes his own music. So the, the, um, you know, the music of the, pod, the podcast and, and show the quick shift is all him. He, he created it. So it, it's just, a, it's a lot of fun, Mark, to, to do this and, and, um, to really just talk about the game and go deep. We don't want to scratch the surface on the quick shift. We, we really want to keep it short and concise, but we want to talk about all aspects of the game. And, um, you know, from a ref, he's a ref now, so he's played the game. I've played the game. We've both coached the game. Um, so it's really special to sit down with someone like Steve and talk hockey. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys do a great job and great chemistry, by the way. Um, listening to last night's Quick Shift podcast, you mentioned meeting former Boston Bruins goaltender Eddie Johnston. And uh, can you talk about that experience and possibly mention some other Bruins alumni or current players that you've had the pleasure of meeting? Oh, um, meeting Forby Kennedy, uh, interviewing Forby um, over the phone and meeting, you know, I, our, our pass across, he was coaching um, the Western Capitals on the island. So I knew of him a long time ago when I was helping out the uh, local junior A team, the, the Moncton Beavers. Um, they actually beat us in game seven, believe it or not. So uh, that year, so walking by, Forby was outside the dressing room. You know, you hear and heard all the stories. Um, but anyway, I shook his hand and, and he smiled and said, thank you. And, it, you know, I, I didn't talk to him. I didn't see him uh, for a few years later. Uh, it was the Maritime NHLers for Kids, who I do a little bit of writing uh, for as well. So it was special to kind of meet Forby um, outside of the rink and to kind of get to know him a little bit. So it, it was a special, um, you know, back a few years ago, it's going on four years now, that Eddie Johnson was brought in by the Maritime NHLers for Kids um, to celebrate Forby and to honor Forby. And they were best friends. Like they came up. Um, they cut their teeth together in the game, and uh, it was great to see them play off one another. And that and that's the that's where I get to to know Eddie Johnson a little bit. And funny story. Here's a funny story for you. So I, I'm interviewing Eddie. I talk to him, and, and he's great and just a wealth of knowledge, Mark. Like just unbelievable. You know, great career, great phenomenal coaching career. And on a whim. Um, the following year, I was asked to write a series of articles for uh, our local paper. It was going to be a special section. They were closing down the Moncton Coliseum, and it was going to be like a flashback of, of you know, the era of hockey, the last 35 or 40 years of the Moncton Coliseum. So I think they, they didn't realize how deep that I would go. So I was asked to write seven articles. I wrote eight. And I talked to 26 different people from all the eras. So from Terry Crisp to Brandon Gormley to uh, Connor Garland to all, like every kind of era. So I, I spoke to Eddie and I said, Eddie, and back then I was writing kind of for a Bruins um, fan page. I said, Eddie, if, 
um, I'd love to interview you and write an article again on you. Is there any way? He's like, yeah, sure. Here's my number. Call me anytime. So I'm like, well, I have to call Eddie Johnson because he coached the, the Monsac Hawks like our first year here in the American Hockey League in Moncton, 78, 79. And anyway, he, he didn't pick up the phone right away. He was, he was away on vacation. Um, person said, he's going to be back in two days. I said, sure, no problem. So I waited three or four days. I didn't want, and I picked up the phone and for the next probably 15 to 20 minutes, he gave me gold. Like nice. just, That's awesome. you know, it, the, the Tommy Heinsohn story is the best, Mark. Tommy Heinsohn and Eddie Johnson talked sport. And Eddie basically used Tommy Heinsohn's pick plays for their power play here in Moncton. And Eddie looks at Tommy Heinsohn as really helping him get to the next level at the National Hockey League level the following year with the Blackhawks because Eddie had a great power play. And believe it or not, former Bruins general manager Michael Connell was on that team and four other NHL coaches, Daryl Sutter, Bruce Boudreaux, Joel Quinville, was all also on that team. So just a, a phenomenal, um, they, they, they were a couple games below 500. Um, but yeah, that, that was my childhood of, of growing up watching American hockey league. Um, you ask about other Bruins alumni, um, very, very fortunate in 2009 to actually cover a Bruins alumni game for Rogers and, uh, you know, interviewing the late, great Gary Doak um, was phenomenal. Uh, he was so nice and, and genuine. And, um, you know, I've met Brad Park uh, previous times without uh, interviewing Ray Bork for the first time. I was shaking. I was nervous. Um, Terry O'Reilly, Rick Middleton. I, you know, through the years um, with NHL legends tours that come through the Maritimes, a lot of uh, former Bruins have come through. So it's been great to, to get to meet them. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm 44, so when I was a kid, I remember that a lot of the American Hockey League teams were up in the Maritimes, and and uh, and I guess from my understanding, I don't know this for a fact. You might be able to tell me that in the Maritimes, a lot of those guys up there hate the Canadians, the, the team, the team. So they 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 join forces with the Bruins, you know, to, to root against them. That's what I hear from a lot of people up there, but, um, yeah, this, this, this is Maple Leaf country and, and oh, staunch, yeah, yeah, staunch right. Montreal Canadians country in, in different places. But there is a call, a Bruins culture and, and an undercurrent here of Bruins fans that, uh, span the generations, believe it or not. So it, it's great to have that rivalry, um, built in rivalry and, and it's, uh, it, it, I miss the American Hockey League days, Mark, and um, it, it was just an amazing experience to see uh, the NB Hawks capture. I was five years old when they won the Calder Cup. Uh, I thought I'd never hear the Moncton Coliseum that loud. Um, that was my childhood, and that's they inspired me to, you know, just going watching games with my brother and my dad, and, and watching future pros play. Um, really, really special. 
Yeah, I remember uh, there's a American Hockey League team in Fredericton, yep. and I remember the uh, Halifax Citadels. Yep. Jeez, I mean, am I aging you now? <laughs> no, 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 no. That that's great stuff. It used, <laughs> used to be the Nova Scotia Voyageurs. So the yep. Voyageurs before the the um, so they they just hate it and they hated Moncton, and uh, and then the PEI Senators came in. So, um, so just a rich history uh, of hockey here in the Maritimes. And, and it's, it's really growing with so many young players, uh, Phil Myers from Dieppe, and um, so many players that have come through, Scott Peller and Guy Dupuy, um, to, to not only name a few. So yep. it really uh, extraordinary to, to be connected with the game at that level. That's awesome. I, lo- I love the history and everything. It's amazing. Um, let's get into some Bruins talk, um, for the rest of the, of our, uh, discussion. They've got a bunch of things that we want to talk about, but first I do want to talk about one thing that kind of, uh, delayed our morning, um, recording for the black and gold hockey podcast. And, and, um, I, I was going to update, uh, this week's program on how Colby cave is doing. And, and if people don't know, Three days ago, uh, the Edmonton Oilers tweeted out that the top minor pro affiliate, the Bakersfield Condors forward and former Boston Bruins and Providence Bruins player Colby Cave was placed in a medically induced coma and admitted into critical care at Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto after suffering uh, a brain bleed. Well, unfortunately, um, today's news, which I said I mentioned before, kind of delayed our recording, and that's why we're doing this uh, later tonight was he, he passed away. The 25-year-old passed away uh, from that. And um, it, it was just a, a, a really tough afternoon of, of remembering and, and uh, reaching out. You know, 25 years old. He was recently married. And, uh, you know, thoughts go out to, to his wife, Emily, and his family during this difficult time because this is just, it's a shock. It really is. Really, Mark, no words can describe, um, you know, when, when the Oilers first um, tweeted it out and made, made it public, you, you just, your heart sinks and you just pray that he's going to be okay. And uh, when the news broke today, like you, like you said, it, it was, it, you know, I, I, I didn't watch him in Providence, but, I, I, you know, his short time in the Bruins organization he, you could ch- tell that he was, he was a heart and soul, char- all character guy and teammates loved him. And you can see the outpouring of, of love for, for that player. It's uh it's a really sad day. It's, it's a sad day for the hockey world. Yeah. Um, I had, I was fortunate enough to interview him several times during um, Bruins training uh, development camps uh, at the Rishutia, um Memorial Arena in uh, Wilmington, Mass. Um, I believe I did even one at, at the uh, new Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Mass. Um, but you know, he's he's just a very stand-up guy. I mean, he just he, he, you know he gave you the time and he gave you honest answers to your questions and and really made you like you know somebody important. It wasn't like a player that just got off the ice and dead tired and wants to get the conversation over with um he he sat and, and answered all my questions like an adult and a gentleman and um 
and his, his time on the ice, uh, you know, he, he was always that player that was like that close um, to, to making the NHL on a full time. But there was so many uh, contracts in front of him that were just the hindering his progression further. But that didn't stop a player like Cave. He worked really, really hard. Um, he, he, Bruce Cassidy even said it today in some of his quotes that he was just a, he's a type of player that you, you want on your club that just doesn't, doesn't give up and will fight for a roster spot no matter what. Um, unfortunately, the Bruins had to waive him. And, uh, and he was that, just that type of, of, of hockey player that all organizations, he could have fit in anywhere. And, and the uh, Edmonton Oilers came calling, and um, that's where he ended up. And uh, so it's just real tough day, you know. And, and, and like I said, uh, the thoughts go out to his wife, Emily, and family during this, this incredibly, incredibly tough day. Well said, Mark. And it, it's like you said, it's, it's heartbreaking um, to, to really, you know, to, even to talk about it, it's heartbreaking. And, um, you know, you mentioned him giving you the time. Um, that says a lot about a young player. And that, that is really a true, uh, it shows his character, it reveals character, you know, and um, again, my condolences to his family and friends and just the outpouring on social media. Um, and even the Condors tweeted something out, um, him signing a young fans Jersey and saying, I that. yeah, saying, I'm going to put it here. So you remember me. So we, we will never forget Colby cave. Well said. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on. That's a tough one to move on from, but, um, um, you're a, you're a longtime Bruins fan. I, before I get on to this particular um, uh, topic, how do you watch games? Do you subscribe to uh, a certain platform? Um, because you're so you're you are up in Canada in the Maritimes, and I'm just always curious on how uh, folks up there um, follow so closely. Well, uh, so the NHL Center Ice package uh, through Rogers and and through their. Um, so yeah, I, I catch <laughs> my, my wife is always asked after me to, do we really need that? Yes, we do. <laughs> so all the NHL games, um, are through the, uh, sports pack. Um, so, you know, I, I try to watch as many games as I can NHL games, but from, from the broadcasting and scouting perspective, really my focus has been uh, solely on the Bruins, at, at, you know, this year. And I've really tried to make an effort to try to stay home as much as I can. Uh, so on off nights when the Wildcats aren't playing or my, you know, through the week or, and I'm not scouting uh, midget hockey, I, I try to stay home and, um, and, and do family. Family's number one. And, and, uh, that's really important for me. So yeah, I, I watch as many games as I can. Uh, National Hockey League games on TV, but I'm I'm a firm believer, and, and a lot of people out there might think, oh, uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, and that's fine. Opinions like noses, everyone has one. Um, I don't scout watching uh, on games online, so you know people have reached out. I wrote a little um, article on Maritime Q prospects that are are going into uh, the 2020 
uh, JHL draft. And as soon as I published it, people like instantly DM me. And they're like, one one guy in particular, well, what about this kid? Well, I haven't seen him play. He plays abroad. And he he was nice about it and didn't get too defensive. But you could tell that some scouts, and and that's teach their own, um, watch games online. And that's okay. And that's perfectly okay. But for me, I want to see the player go to the bench. I want to see the player interact with his coach and his fellow teammates. I want to see what he does behind the play. So when you're scouting on TV, obviously the, the, the camera goes to the, the puck and goes to the player carrying said puck. Um, so you miss out, in, in my opinion, on a lot of those intangibles that, that I look for personally in a player. Yeah, character. Absolutely. It's a, it's a huge, huge thing. And I completely understand what you're saying. Um, but f- like for somebody like me that does, I'm not, I'm not, you know, a professional scout by any stretch, but um, to, to watch some players, I do have to resort to the, uh, the online hockey TV. I subscribe to that and um, that platform, but I do understand that you only see what's going on on the ice. You don't see what's going on on the bench or anything like that. So completely understand where you're coming from. Um, but, um, with the current situation in the world and its effects that it might have on the national hockey league salary cap moving forward, do you see Bruins general manager, Don Sweeney finding level ground with defenseman Tory Krug in an effort to extend him? This is a, this is a, a tough one because from my understanding, and this is just hearsay right now, but you listen, you, 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 um, you read things by John Shannon and, and, um, and some uh, and Elliot Friedman and and so on, but they they're mentioning that the salary cap might not go up to that eighty four to eighty eight million um, reach, and because of this pause, it's going to actually be uh, possibly the same, if not minus maybe a million or two million. And uh, the the Bruins the. the they really do need this guy, in my opinion. I think he's just one of those uh, quarterback defensemen that you know you don't you can't just give up on a 50, 60 point guy like Tory Krug because um, he'll go somewhere else and he'll make you pay for it. They need to to find a way, Mark. They need to find a way to sign Tory. It's there's no other way to put it. Um, I think if you've looked at the contracts. They've done an amazing job and call it the hometown discount. I think there's a culture in Boston and I've heard some stories um, from very reliable sources that that's essentially kind of what happened um, with regards to Charlie McAvoy and his deal getting done so quickly because everyone, everyone's thinking, okay, this is going to be, it's going to take a lot longer. And that deal got done right away. So why? How did that deal get done so quickly? And I think the, the discussion has to be there. And, um, you know, what Sweeney said in the media and, um, a couple of days ago, I think it was yesterday, actually, yep. saying that, you know, talks are, are ongoing with Chara as well. 
that's encouraging to me. I think there's still um, a lot left in that tank, uh, so to speak. Um, but I, I really hope that the Bruins get something done. Um, does the player deserve a, a lot more than he's getting currently? Of course. Uh, he's an outstanding player. And like you said, Mark, um, it, it'd be hard-pressed to see the black and gold move forward without Tory Krug on the back end. Yeah, and the, the, this is so interesting on how Sweeney's going to do this as he's done in, in, in the past couple of years when you get those team-friendly deals down. Because, the cult, like you said, the culture is um, – you know, it's about winning here. If you want to win here, you have to accept these deals so we can find these players to plug in and, and make this a very successful team moving forward. But, like, I mean, I, I have a list of things that I printed out. Like, Nordstrom, he's a UFA. I'm not sure if they'd entertain him coming back. Um, and that's one million that could be shed and, and gone towards somebody else. But, like, Anders Bjork is a young player. Uh, he's in his final year of his entry-level contract, which is arbitration eligible, which is kind of scary too. Uh, DeBrus needs to be re-signed. He's on his last year of his ELC. Uh, I mentioned Krug, Chara, Grizzlick, uh, and, and, and the goaltending, which has been really good, that 1A, 1B style for the past two seasons with uh, Tuka Rask and Yarrow Halak. Yarrow is going to be uh, a UFA at the end of this year or whenever they cancel the the, uh, the season, and it's just, I mean, that's a lot of money that's all, uh, you know, added up right there and just that small paragraph of players that I just mentioned, but with, like, I think they were coming down to, like, $13 million in cap space when everything's finalized, and to get everybody done, that's not enough. Well, no, and, and you look at Jake DeBrusque, what's the going rate for a 20-goal scorer? Yeah. No? So yeah. 3.75 to 4.2, you know, like that's the going rate for a 20 goal scorer and, and a guy with grit and can play up, up and down your lineup and, and can play, you know, on, in, in a top six. So, and, and good on the power play and, um, you know, in, in the net front presence role. And in, in my opinion, that's where he should be. Um, so yeah, he's those two players, in my opinion now, You'd love to sign Halak as well and, and, and extend them, but that's where your, your farm system has to, like, we got to push some, some guys ahead. You know, if I'm, if I'm the Bruins brain trust right now, I'm looking at, at our goaltending and saying, oh boy, we, we've got a hole. We, we really need to fill this very quickly. So do you do that via trade? next year or you do it at the draft. I, I don't know how, what that's going to look like. I think personally, I think um, the goaltending situation probably, um, and you would know it better. I would say the young guys are probably a year and a half away from, from stepping in and, and having that, you know, backup role and fulfilling that role, whether it's playing, you know, 25 or, or maybe even 30 games at the national hockey league level. So there's some big questions. And I think the first domino, um, I think you're, I think 47, number 47 needs to get signed before DeBrusque. I think you get Krug done first and then you address uh, uh, DeBrusque and you try to bridge DeBrusque. And I don't know if that would work or not, but I, I would certainly try to bridge DeBrusque first uh, or second after Krug. 
Yeah. Um, when you talk about the goaltenders down in Providence, there's one goalie right now that's got, I think he's got 16 NHL games, and that's Maxine Lagasse. Uh, and he's been fantastic this season, um, splitting time with Dan Vladar. I, I think that a, a deal could get done, a very cap-friendly deal, maybe a 1.5 for him to be the, the backup for at least another season. And, and you give more seasoning down in Providence with, um, with Vladar and, and now Jeremy Swayman, who's going to be joining the, the Providence Bruins because he signed an entry-level contract uh, after his junior season with the University of Maine. So there's a lot of good things in place when it comes to Bruins goaltending and the depth. But right now, a lot of people are saying, well, let's just throw the kids in there. And I'm, I'm a very big proponent of – Let's give these guys time in the uh, in a lot more time in the AHL, and when you absolutely need it, push the panic button and then get them in there, because a goaltender is without any uh, NHL experience, in my opinion, are not going to be heavily relied on. And Tukarask is going to be 34 next season, so you kind of want to split those duties up, but you also want to keep it competitive and keep that winning culture going to gain the confidence not only get the points in the uh, regular season standings. Uh, and you hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, we saw that briefly with uh, Subban. I, I, don't, I don't think Subban was ready. And when, you know, going through that season and then they brought him up late and he didn't do very well and he had a good, you know, um, season in the American Hockey League, but he just wasn't ready. And I think you, you real, that's one position mark. Um, that you really can't rush. They need to be ready. And, and if you look, a lot of the organizations across the National Hockey League right now do have that experienced, you know, NHL-capable third guy in the American Hockey League. And, and I think a lot of organizations have leaned towards that. Yeah. And, and when you touch on – you mentioned something. I'm going to throw this one in there. You mentioned something about Malcolm Subban. I – bit of a reach for a first round I, I don't like pick, not picking goaltenders in the first round unless <laughs> absolutely like this guy's like unbelievable um i mean he played, he played well with belleville and so on but uh a second round would have been more better for me but when he was playing i dug around a little bit talking to some writers down there and um and mentioned that uh, he, he might have been frustrated with the fact that there wasn't a goaltending coach on the Providence Bruins, but that Bob Asenza, who was the NHL goaltending coach, would, would travel, but he wasn't traveling enough to get, you know, to get, I mean, it's almost like having a roommate on the road and so on. You want that guy next to you to feed off of his experience and, and, the, and the tutelage that he offers. But I've seen a big difference in the goaltending with um, former uh, National Hockey League goaltender Mike Dunham, Dunham. now the assistant, and especially with Jeremy Swayman because uh, Dunham was a University of Maine alum, and he worked very well with Alfie Michaud and so on up there. So now I'm seeing a lot more of Dunham in the picture, and he, but he's not always there. He's traveling around. He's going to Atlanta. He's going to all these places where the goaltenders are because he's kind of like that. Um, you know, the guy that flies around all the time just to get, you know, experience. Make sure your eating habits are good. Make sure your workout habits are good. How are you playing and this and that. But 
I think Dunham's been spending a lot more time in Providence, especially with uh, Dan Vladar, and now obviously Jeremy Swayman's going to be that much closer for him to to really uh, grab a hold of. The goaltending, I think, is is really going to be good, but definitely uh, another year, maybe a year and a half, like you mentioned. Well, that just speaks volumes, Mark, about the Bruins' culture and a real paradigm shift in development. And they did that a few years back, but they've really put a push on with development. I'm so glad to, um, to see Chris Kelly back in the fold as well with the, with the Bruins organization. Had the chance to talk to Chris um, over the summer uh, as well when he came up uh, for our Heart and Stroke uh, Benefit Charity Tournament uh, here in Moncton. and Just so down to earth. And, you know, he did amazing things with Belleville and the Ottawa Senators. So it was great to see him um, just a few weeks after that uh, sign again with the Bruins. But I think that is so important in this era of the game. And you mentioned it. Some goaltenders want that, that person to bounce things off of and some young goaltenders nope just give me the net that's all I want I'll work through it if I'm struggling just keep playing me but I think you're you hit the nail on the head with Subban Subban probably needed that and he was only young he was 20 years old you know coming into the American Hockey League and that's really really young uh, from a goaltending perspective and uh, did they rush him I don't know but um, you know, you go through the years and you look at uh, young goaltenders, uh, they need some seasoning down there. There's no question. And, and the American Hockey League is one hell of a, a league, and it's a great place for young goaltenders to, uh, to cut their teeth. Hey, guys. Unfortunately, we had to end the show here because of um, my recording program kind of shit the bed, and I'm not very happy about it. The recording program is Zoom, and I'm not sure if it's because I have an iMac and I run Apple all the time. Um, it's it's weird because the file, I can see when I'm doing the, the audio and video recording that it is actually recording, and I look periodically and make sure that it is. And then the sad part is, is that once it gets condensed into a file, and then the fi- I drag the file over to my garage band. Half of the audio sometimes comes. It- it's like hit or miss. And I'm really kind of pissed off about this because this is a great, I thought this was a great interview. And Craig's my, a good friend of mine and, and highly respected in the, uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League community up in the uh, Maritimes area. And uh, I, I kind of had a feeling that once I had a, a high profile guest like Craig, that uh, Zoom was just going to drop the ball on me. And this is why I haven't reached out to folks like Andrew Raycroft or uh, Billy Jaffe or anything like that. Not like I get those guys on, on a whim, but, you know, I just don't want to ask because I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of uh, doing all this work and having half of the, uh, the uh, content available for listening. So I want to apologize uh, to the listeners. I know this is happening quite frequently. Like I said, it's hit or miss. I am going to do my due diligence this week. Uh, we are going to be going. We're going to go on uh, regular schedule program next week, and hopefully, 
uh, the week after and the week after, but I want to find another reliable uh, recording platform that allows me to do the audio and the video for the YouTube channel. If you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, I believe the audio there is going to be complete. So please go to YouTube and do a search black and gold hockey podcast. And um, I will upload that either tomorrow, tonight or tomorrow. Um, I'm doing another podcast with uh, Philadelphia Flyers crew tonight, so I'll probably drop that tomorrow. Um, but yeah, go there to see the rest of the, uh, or hear the rest of the interview after we talked about uh, the goaltending and how uh, we see uh, developmental, the, the development in the in goaltending in, uh, in the Bruins system and so on. So again, I apologize. I want to thank everybody for listening and staying uh, in touch with our program. Hopefully this is something that uh, deflects, um, you know, brings you to a better area of, you know, we, we talk hockey, so it's not all about Corona and all this crap, but we try to give our listeners some avenue of of, of peace and, and mind to think about the sport again because it's coming hopefully it's coming back and I, I can't wait for it but again I really want to uh, uh, tell everybody if you're on Twitter please follow Craig Eagles he's at Eags37 that's at E-A-G-S 37 fantastic follow great hockey mind knows a lot about prospects and um I really wish we had the rest of this audio, but like I said, if you want to listen to the rest of it and see it in action, uh, Craig has a great home and he's got an awesome uh, back wall behind him of, of uh, Bruins pictures and signatures and so on. So uh, it was a good time. So hopefully that works out. But again, thank you very much for the, the constant support through these uh, this speed bump in life. But um, we do appreciate it. And we re- I really hope that everybody... All the listeners and their families are staying safe and healthy, and uh, and continue to do so as we as we battle this this uh, this disgusting virus, and and you know hopefully we'll definitely overcome. So, um, thank you again, and uh, talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.